The Supernaturalist, the Supernaturalist Podcast Show. Hey guys, good to see you. Uh, it is Thursday morning, I think, and uh, we're about to head back to Seattle. We have a couple hours to kill here in uh, Washington, D.C., so we're going to go do a couple sites real quick and then catch our plane home. Just want to get on here and say thank you to everyone uh, who was praying for us yesterday when we were um, uh, down there at the White House. It got a little crazy, um, and uh, uh, your prayers certainly were appreciated. A lot of people were reaching out, sending uh, text messages and calling and, and saying, are you guys okay? Are you guys okay? So yes, we are We are okay. Um, as as you can imagine, I think that people's concern was, uh, was, um, was during the chaos, you know, when the uh, Capitol building was being swarmed. Um, and, uh, and it wasn't just what was happening. It was kind of all the speculation of what was go- going to happen because there's been a lot of fear about um, possible civil war, a lot of fear about, you know, is this, is this the end? It certainly felt, it certainly felt uh, biblical, um, but it was really during, during the event that there was just a lot of, there was a lot of tension, a lot of stress, and, and especially for everybody back home, for our friends and family, um, thank you so much for for praying for us. We are we are well. We're heading home uh, today. You know, part part of the unfortunate thing about what happened yesterday with the um, with the uh, march that went to the Capitol building and everybody began uh, uh, swarming all over uh, all over the building and then proceeding to break into um, the, the Capitol building is that that kind of Hijacked the entire the, the entire day. Um, we we stood in line yesterday morning for for quite a few hours. In fact, um, we were up yesterday at five a.m., which does, that's not normally a big big deal, uh, except for that's two a.m. for us West Coasters, right? And so we're like, uh, so we we got out there. We stood in line for uh, for quite a long time, a, a, an incredibly long time, um, to get searched by Secret Service so that we could get into uh, uh, the area there in front of the stage. Uh, where President Trump was going to be making his his speech, um, you know, Rudy Giuliani came out and made some remarks. Other people came out. Don Don Jr. came out and made some some remarks, and um, and then finally uh, President Trump came out, and everybody was kind of waiting for for the big news, for kind of the, the you know the ace up the uh, up, up up the sleeve, um, and that and that 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 didn't really happen. Uh, President Trump read um, uh, a bunch of evidence, and he said this is going to be boring. I don't want to bore you, but I want to lay this out. And he basically, he laid out his, his, um, the, the case for, uh, for, uh, VF, um, <laughs> VF stands for voter fraud. I'll just say that once. Um, because, um, and, and I'm having a little bit of fun with that, but I think that because of what happened yesterday and also with Biden being confirmed now, um, uh, from what I've heard, I haven't checked the news since since being up, I was up at 3 a.m. this morning, taking the, the team back to the airport, and so I was ch- checking the news at 3 a.m. and hearing a lot of this stuff. But it sounded like Biden was being confirmed, uh, or had been confirmed um, by the Senate. Um, but I would imagine, because of what happened yesterday, and with the Capitol building um, being broken into, and uh, and that uh, that there is going to be an incredibly destructive narrative. That gets spun out of that entire uh, that entire thing. We're gonna we are gonna continue to hear about what happened yesterday at the Capitol building for a long time, and it could even lead to a lot of uh, a lot of 
a dangerous censorship. You say, well, what happened yesterday was dangerous. Yeah, well, uh, oftentimes um, chaos can be exploited and manipulated in order to lay out a lot of, uh, we, we'll just look at what happened with how the Patriot Act was used um, after 9-11. And so this is all, yesterday is already being called by the liberal media. It's already being called uh, like the, um, the, the, the coordinated right-wing conservative 9-11. It's being called domestic terrorism, what happened yesterday. And, and you, you could imagine the possibility for this to be um, manipulated and used and exploited to, 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 bring, to bring forth new legislation that could dwarf what we saw even with uh, the Patriot Act. So with the amount of censorship that we've already seen on, on social media up to this point, I would imagine at this point, um, with the House, the Senate, and now a um, and now uh, with Biden being confirmed as the president, we're going to see. I would imagine a tremendous amount of 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 censorship, not in just regards to politics, but uh, any. I would imagine we're going to see this in regards to um, uh, uh, gender and uh, and and some of the some of the tricky, crazy places that things are going with race right now. Um, and then, of course, uh, politically. So uh, as believers, we've been very uh, free for the last <laughs> four years, you know, and um, and yesterday it was, uh, you know, seeing seeing actually the building being broken into uh, the, the lot, part of the thing that people don't realize is that a lot of the pictures of the of the people, uh, the first the first people that, that were actually in there um, uh, in in the Capitol building and in the Senate uh, were actually confirmed um, Antifa. So you actually had uh, Antifa manipulating and exploiting the chaos yesterday uh, in order to further their agenda. In fact, uh, the media is even saying that what we saw yesterday was the genesis of the right-wing Antifa. And so there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of narratives that are being created right now. The thing yesterday is that when you look at like the Antifa and you look at like Black Lives Matter and you look at um, the protests that, some, that, that sometimes get violent and destructive. I think that through Antifa, they've seen over uh, $2 billion in destructive damage um, that, uh, that, that our government has to pay for. But there's, su there's such a strategy behind that movement that, uh, that BLM, they've actually seen over $10 billion come into their organization because of the awareness that's being stirred up through these protests and, and, and riots, et cetera. Well, there was nothing coordinated about what happened yesterday at the Capitol building. Um, I can tell you the GOP is not gonna be getting a dollar for what happened yesterday. That, there, that, that what happened yesterday does not help President Trump at all. It does not help the church at all. And I think what, you, what we saw yesterday was just a lot of people, a lot of people, uh, they're saying 200,000 people, um, that uh, that that got very very passionate uh, passionate around these issues. Now I know the media is saying that uh, President Trump instigated these riots. That President Trump created this mob frenzy, and I can tell you that that simply wasn't true. We were we were really close to the stage. We listened to most of the speech, and it was not a Braveheart speech. Okay, this that that President Trump speech yesterday was not like if you want to fight this that like. Listen, I, I was not ready to rip my shirt off and paint my face blue. I'll tell you that right. I'll tell you that right now. In fact, uh, it was pretty boring. 
Um, in fact, um, we, we left early because we didn't want to get, you know, uh, 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 mobbed by the, by the mob. And so uh, when the march went to the Capitol building, we were, we were warming up and, and getting some coffee. And then, um, and then we were at the very tail end of the march towards the Capitol so that when we arrived to the Capitol, um, uh, uh, there were already people pouring. In fact, when we came up to the Capitol, there was a guy that had in his hand a sign from inside that he had ripped off a wall or something from inside uh, the Capitol building. He's like, Where? He's like I, I was already in there. Uh, we met a, a young couple and they were inside the Capitol building. They had gotten pictures on their phone. They were sharing pictures with us. Um, uh, they... Uh, they said that they were pressed up against, uh, pressed up against the, the the building there, and then it was like waves, and you would just get pushed into the building. You'd be in the building, you'd take as many pictures as you could, and then just like the wave pushed you in, a wave would push you out, and it was a wave of tear gas and rubber bullets, and so you just get shot up, and just and then just all kinds of gas, and so their their eyes were all red and. And they said they'd been shot by rubber bullets, and they were like, "It was worth it." Like we've got these pictures, and they start showing us pictures um, on their phone. So what people didn't realize is that they were breaking into a federal building, and that a lot of the people that that were in that building yesterday um, are actually going to be going to prison. You know, during the during the speech, uh, President Trump was talking about um, how he put through legislation that if you damage. Uh, a federal building or a federal statue, you can get 10 years in prison uh, for doing that. So he had just said that in his speech. And then you have these people that were, so certainly um, uh, uh, that is not, um, that was not a, a, what what my amazing, beautiful wife, Andrea calls a wise choice. That was, and a lot of people were like, this, it's the revol, it's the revolution. Like we're a revolution. And yes, uh, there is an invitation for revolution, but this isn't 1776, and it's this. This is not going to be a, a a violent revolution. That that there's no such thing in our time right now that I know of in the U.S. that a violent revolution is going to bring forth any sort of fruit or fruitfulness. And so that's where I wanted to just get on my my soapbox for 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 a moment, um, and 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 just. Just encourage it that if you're a believer, if you're a follower in Christ, that the revolution has begun and you can't let this revolution pass you by. This is a moral revolution. This is a spiritual revolution more so than it is a political revolution because we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and crazy, creepy things and, and cosmic places that, yes, that principalities and powers manipulate flesh and blood, but our battle at the end of the day isn't against... Nancy Pelosi per se, but there is a battle, there is a war. And so if we're, um, uh, if, if we think that a violent reaction is going to bring forth in our, in 2000, uh, you know, in 2021, I guess, as, as it is now, if we think that a violent revolution is going to bring forth um, uh, the, the means, then we're, then we're playing according to the same game that Antifa is playing where the end justifies the means. But I can tell you this, there is a level of, and, and you, you might not like me saying this, but there is a level of, of coordinated, coordinated strategy um, where Antifa and BLM have a marriage with the media and with a certain population of the government where these things, it, they don't hurt them. Well, 
that, that, that doesn't, you don't, you don't see that level of, of coordination within the, the MAGA camp, within the, 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 the Trump camp. In fact, um, President Trump predicted VF, voter fraud, he predicted that prior to the election. Uh, and yet I think he hoped that the election would just turn out his way because of just the, the enthusiasm for his campaign. I mean, certainly nobody can, can debate or deny that the level of enthusiasm that we saw for President Trump is like it was historical. We, we've never seen these like these boat parades with hundreds and hundreds of boats and just I mean, people were so enthusiastic. It was the, like the high like uh, what, what did he say over? 70, was it 74 million people actually voted uh, for President Trump that like, they told him he only had to have 60 something million people vote. He had like 74 million people actually. So I don't think he was worried. Like even though he was talking about voter fraud before the election, I don't think he was worried about it. And yet um, if, he, if they were, if the, if the Republican party, the GOP, if they were actually really, really worried about this, they should have been pressing all of those lawsuits through sooner. They should have been um, far more coordinated, and I would say that to a great degree, um, that it, that it, it would appear to be quite quite clumsy as far as I mean, just in the fact that I never even heard of Dominion until after the the election, um, and so we waited till after the election to begin having these these conversations. By then, it was far too late. Now for the church. Um, it is so important that we recognize that there is a radical revolution, but everything has changed. Everything has changed now. You say, well, well what do you mean? We have the House, we have the Senate, and we have a confirmed uh, president with a, with a very specific um, agenda. And I would even say a very specific antichrist agenda. I would say it's, a, it's an anti-life agenda. And for that reason, it is important that we recognize that the war that we are in as the church is a moral war and that this is a, a multi-generational war. In fact, you might have heard the term fourth gen war, fifth gen war. And that means it's a, it's a war of the mind. It's a war of morality. It's a war of carving out a new realm of, of uh, with, uh, with a biblical government um, within, within, uh, within a generation. And that means that the battlefield is in our schools. The battlefield um, is, is with our children and our children's children. It is through our children that we will shape the future. The, the battle is really, I believe, uh, for the children. Why? Because we need a new breed of preachers. We need a new breed of politicians. We need a new breed of authors. We need a new breed of filmmakers. We need a new breed of educators. We need a new breed of, of, of people in the, uh, uh, of journalists. And, and when I say a new breed, I'm talking about that we need to see a generation that's been mentored, um, not with a religious framework, but with a gospel-centered kingdom framework, that we're not just thinking like local flocks, but we're thinking of that Jesus isn't just our shepherd. Jesus is our king that we are part of his kingdom. And it was the desire of Jesus that his kingdom would come, not that his church would come, not that a local flock would come, but that the rule and reign of the jurisdiction of Christ Jesus would come. And that he has given us this, this opportunity on the earth 
to good news nations, to go and disciple nations, to prepare the earth for his coming. And so this is this incredible mandate um, that we're on. So if we think that that's, that squawking on social media, or if we think that that breaking into a building, if we think that uh, a painting, if we think that the end justifies the means, if we think that we can just act like fools, act like chickens with our heads cut off, that that's going to shape the future. We're radically wrong. What we need is a cool, calm, collected, strategic, and, and truly a militant posture within our spirit, recognizing, realizing that there is an, anti, uh, an anti-life agenda. We know that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came that we'd have life and life um, abundantly. And uh, so, I believe we're going to see a, a great amount of, of, of censorship. Um, I think that everything from uh, Facebook to Twitter to Google, we're, we're already seeing that on a lot of different discussions that are trying to be held right now where chats are getting shut down, videos are getting shut down. People are like, well, everyone just needs to go to Parler. You guys don't, if, you're saying, if you think that Parler is going to be the, the social media arc, uh, you're kidding yourself because um, everything has changed. As of as of in the last 24 hours, everything has changed. If they want to shut down Parler, uh, they can. And so we've got to think ahead. We've got to we've we've got to reposture ourselves. We've got to we've got to get some guts. We've got to figure out what we've been called to do. We've got to figure out what our anointing is. We've got to figure out what our lane is. We've got to figure out. Um, uh, uh, what our place, what our community is. We, there's a lot of big conversations and, uh, and we have to take responsibility. We've got to stop blaming uh, people. We've got to start taking responsibility for ourselves. That's what repentance is. We take responsibility for ourselves. Everybody says, when a nation will humble themselves and repent, and, and, um, and we, we, we like to put that on the nation of America, but as individuals, we need to humble ourselves and repent. That means we individually, as individuals, we need to check ourselves um, in this season because of just the ridiculous um, uh, framework that has functioned within the church. And, um, uh, and so we are at where we're at uh, because of the church. So goes the church, so goes the culture. And so um, I don't think anybody, uh, I don't think any conservative looks at what happened yesterday and says, that that was stinking awesome. I think that that's going to cost us greatly. I don't think I don't think President Trump uh, is looking at that, but um, uh, I don't see that as 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 defeat. But what I know is that the battle has radically changed. I was so impressed. We got uh, here to Washington D.C. on the fifth, and there was kind of a pre-rally. I was so impressed by the amount of pastors. Uh, and, and how eloquent. The first guy that got up was not a pastor and he was not eloquent and he didn't really have any talking points. He didn't even know what he was doing up there. I don't even know how he got up there. And, uh, and he said a couple things and nobody, nobody cared what he had to say. And so just as a last ditch effort to stir up some popularity, he started yelling, F Antifa, F Antifa. And then a bunch of people started, started, started cheering that. But it was just it was just so, it was so stupid. It was so lame. It was so brainless. It was so, that's not the kind of thinking. That's not, that, that is not going to win any sort of battles. That's not, that, that, that's, that's, that's what, that's where Christless thinking will take us. But later on in the day, as the day progressed, more and more they would have these, and they were scheduled. They had very specific pastors that were going up and they were eloquent. They were passionate. 
Um, uh, uh, and you could tell that they were all in. And that's what we need, is we need pastors and leaders. We need Christians that are eloquent, um, uh, uh, and, and they are passionate, and they are all in. And so uh, this is an opportunity for you to figure out what has God called you to do? Who has he called you to do it with? And, um, and maybe what you've seen in the last 24 hours would stir you up to make a fresh commitment here at the beginning of the year, not to lose 10 pounds and not to read 10 books, but maybe you could start this year with a fresh resolve, that you would be resolved, that you would make a, 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 an actual resolution that could stick. And that is at this point in time, that this is your time to go all in. All the chips on, look at the hand that you've been dealt, what is it gonna look like for you to go all in? All right, guys, love you guys. Thanks again for uh, for praying for us. Uh, we are well, and we're coming home tonight. Uh, Sierra Bible Center, love you and miss you. Talk soon. Podcasts are definitely trending right now. There are so many brand new podcasts that are hitting the market, and I think that iTunes is kind of overwhelmed. And one of the ways that iTunes aggregates what's hip and relevant from the rest of the noise that's hitting the web is through ratings and reviews. A bunch of you have already taken the time to leave a rating and a review of this podcast. And I just wanted to say thanks. You guys are incredible, and you're so supportive, and I love you. And if you haven't had a chance to take Take that minute or two to leave a review. If you do that, that'd be incredible. And I've created a shortcut to get you there. It's thedarrenshow.com. That's thedarrenshow.com. You can give it one star, and that means that you think it's kind of lame. Or you can give it five stars, and that means that you think this thing be dope, be tight, be off the chain. So if you would take the minute or two to leave a review, that would be mighty fine of you. Again, it's thedarrenshow.com. Thanks, guys.